Hey, cool dude, can I play too? Uh, uh, it's only a one-player game. Then how come it says second-player score? You're listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Nerdpunk's Second Player Score. Okay, well, here we have another episode of Second Player Speaks. This is the official podcast of Second Player Score and another one in our uh, social distancing series to be recorded via Skype. And actually, you know, we're probably going to, even after things, you know, kind of calm down and sort of start returning to normal, we think we're probably going to continue doing some of these Skype sessions, you know, to get some guests in here from, uh, from you know, other, other areas around the country. Parts unknown. What? Parts unknown. Part unknown. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so uh, stay tuned for future episodes like that. In the meantime, you're just stuck with the three of us here, each one at our own homes and uh, practicing social distancing and recording remotely. So, uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about because we had a uh, we had a video game to movie adaptation episode a, a little while ago. We're doing uh, we're going to do a book to movie adaptation, which is a uh, Pretty broad category, but it's uh, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. And again, you know, with these, these are just conversations that we would have at practice anyway. So we're just going to kind of ramble on about that. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, like for me, um, you know, I, I, I read a lot of books and um, I like to, I like to, whenever there's, there's a movie adaptation I, or there's a movie that's based on a book, I always like to read the book first because I like to see how they, you know, how, how they did it, how they turned it into the film, like, you know, were, were they successful in capturing the, the kind of images that were in my head when, as I was reading it. So um, I always like to do that, do it that way. Um, that may, I know that may not be the way, same way for other people, but, uh, you know, um, that's the kind of way, the way I like to do it because I, there's always been this kind of this controversy about um, like movie adaptations of books where people say, oh, you, know, you always hear people say it wasn't as good as the book, but it's, it, that's because I think it's, it's hard, you know, to, you know, with a book, you can kind of, um, you know, the author can kind of stretch out here and there with, with their descriptions or with, uh, you know, um, you know, they can take their time developing certain things, but then we, with a movie, you're, you're trying to not come in longer than two hours at the, or, you know, two, two and a half hours at the most. So you kind of right. have to, you really have to kind of condense things and cut things down. So right, uh, you know, it's, it's a challenging, it's a challenging process, and sometimes they pull it off well. Like I, I think, like to me, the Harry Potter movies were were done well. I mean, they couldn't, they had to cut out a lot of stuff. They couldn't in, include a lot of the things that she had in the books. But I think you know, for the most part, they did a good job. So I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, I never. Okay, so I never read the Harry Potter books. Um, my kids yeah. read some of them. Um, <laughs> I, I saw everything, you know, I just saw, but I saw the movies and, um, just on a movie level, I mean, they were just so good and rich and robust and there was just so much going on. I mean, um, for me, like, I feel like I would have to, okay, so I've seen everything through once. I feel like I would need to watch the whole series again to like catch a lot of the things that i missed and i feel that that's the mark of a of a a movie that 
adapts well to the book because they do bring you the details that you know normally you you know, like you're talking about you know you can't include maybe all the details and stuff um but i think they did a good job of adapting it to a like a visual perspective and to having that time limit um because i feel like i really i need to watch those through again because i feel like you know i there were things that i missed you could only take so much in at once did, did you did you understand what was going on for the most part because i, I hear a lot of the uh, a lot of people say like as you get deeper into the you know the, four, the fifth and the sixth movies it's really if you haven't read the books a lot, a lot of people are just, like i have no idea what's happening here or like i don't know why that person just did that or whatever i mean did you understand what was going on through the whole um uh okay so i will definitely say that um what you're talking about is true uh, there were times in the movie where I felt like uh, if if I had read the books, I would understand what's happening better. You know, I felt like there were some details that were missing that 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 by reading the books would make more sense. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I, I do think now, do I feel like I don't feel like at any point I was so lost that I couldn't enjoy the movie or keep up with it or whatever but yeah i mean i felt like well there's there's got to be more to this and i'm just missing it and you know usually at that point i'm like well you know this really was a book series before it was a movie series right. and that probably <laughs> explains a lot you know um but i mean same thing like i feel like the same thing was with uh uh, uh lord of the rings you know, mm -hmm. now I read those, and um, I mean, I was able to follow along. Uh, I mean, when I read that, I, I read those things. It was a long time ago, and so it's not like it's fresh in my mind. Like, you know, so as I'm watching this, I mean, I'm being reminded of some things that I had forgot. Um, and but once again, I think, I think they really they turned it into more of a visual experience that had a story along with it and and it worked though i felt that i felt that they under you know what was it peter jackson mm. i felt like he understood the drawback to having a movie versus a book and he picked the right things to focus on um you know to make the adaptation work right um, you know, and I, I, I think I think it worked. Now, you know, like I said, I never read any of the Harry Potters, but I read the Lord of the Rings. And uh, I thought that was really well done. And I mean, I've seen some adaptations that were not well done. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I thought that this was this was really well done. Um, mm. And and I don't know, I guess I would have a hard time believing that the Harry Potters were not well done. I mean, they're just such amazing movies just to watch in general let sure. alone you know to to know that there's a book series involved mm -hmm. you know they were amazing just visually so god they were like just some of the scenes were like just awe-inspiring yeah i think they did a good job at, at translating a lot of the uh you know a lot of the ideas that she had on the page you know to the screen and um it's always kind of cool when I, I like it when, like when when I when I read a book and I, I visualize a scene in my head, 
um, and then I go see the I go see the film. It either matches that or exceeds that that vision that I had. I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, that you know, that, that's that's really cool. So, um, by the way, uh, Dan is here. Mm-hmm. Dan is here. He is uh, in this episode. <laughs> Hello, I am. <laughs> Kyle was concerned that he didn't have much to say, but I think uh, me and him have been monopolizing the conversation here. So. <laughs> so, I know it, it was funny when you said the other day, you're like, you're like, um. Hey, you guys ever think about doing like, you know, uh, uh, movies and book uh, adaptations and stuff? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I don't I don't know. And then all of a sudden, as we're in this episode, it's like, oh, wait, there was this. Oh, yeah, there's this. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great topic, man. You can just go on forever about this. Do you have you have any favorites, Dan, or like anything that you read? You read the book and then you saw the film and then what your reactions to it or? Okay, so getting me to read a book <laughs> is a battle in <laughs> itself. Like, like the last book series I actually read and enjoyed was the Joel Suzuki stuff. Oh, hey, well, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, now that there's all these movie adaptations and like, like, like with Harry Potter, I have all like my wife Molly has all the books on our shelf right now. But in between that, like watching the movies and playing through the Lego adaptations, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I got the gist of what happened. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> what, about, what about Ready Player One? Didn't you read that book? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did read that one. It showed up in a loot crate, of all things. Yeah. But um, that one, that one exceeded my expectations when they put in all of the Easter eggs. It's like mm-hmm. when it's a movie where you can just pause it, and then count 20 different things on the screen is like, holy crap, they reference this, 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 this. And you just go down this whole list of things. It's like it's like watching an episode of uh, Rick and Morty where they just drop all these references into one frame, knowing that people are going to go frame by frame trying to identify everything they threw in. Right, yeah. <laughs> so Ready Player One was definitely one of those. And then um, actually, oh, there was this book I had to read in elementary school the giver so i was actually really psyched when the movie came out yeah yeah but there was such a gap that i kind of forgot what happened but as they were like going through the story i was like dude this is so dark (laughs) why was i reading this in third grade like what the hell man (laughs) that was an interesting movie because yeah i had read the book too and then when i watched the movie it was like at a certain point, I think like in the second half, they kind of turned it into like an action film, which wasn't really what the book was. If I remember correctly, it was like um, they, they yeah, for, yeah, just they, one guy um, as a librarian. Yeah. All the yeah. memories of society, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they, 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 they took a lot of the scenes that were in the book were kind of short, but you know, like the action scenes. But and then they elongated into the film because I, I guess, you know, again, that's one of the challenges when you're making these kind of movies. It's like, well, you know, what kind of audience are you making it for? And, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with a movie as compared to the book, I guess sometimes you feel pressure to kind of like, well, you got to kind of have things, you know, going, blowing up and people fighting and, you know, you know, have, have these big, uh, you know, big set pieces where it's, you know, like ex- exciting to watch, which mm-hmm. meant, which may not necessarily have been in the book. So that, that's kind of a challenge there. And I know there was kind of a mixed reaction to that where like some people who were more, who had read the book and, you know, were more purists about it were like, oh, you know, they ruined it or whatever. But, you know, I, I can see why there's the pressure to do that because a lot of times, you, you know, to get, uh, you know, to get people into the into the seats in the theaters, you, you kind of want to have things that are, 
uh, you know, visually appealing like that. So, uh, you know, it's always a challenge. I don't know. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But Oh, yeah. It's like this thing was required reading as a kid. You know, this is like your first real assignment. Like, it's like, like the first time your teacher is like, all right, you're going to read Lord of the Flies. It's like one of those things. So like yeah. when that movie came out, there was the black and white and the color. Dude, the black and white one freaking nailed it. That was just like the book. But then when the colored one came out, it was like, oh, okay. There's mm -hmm. uh, other people have their hands in the honey pot here because the first one was so successful. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, you totally lost the whole dystopian, like, survival of the fittest with seven year old boys kind of thing. It's like, no, no, dude. <laughs> this is a different audience now. How about the how about the Hunger Games? Like when when you're talking about um, books that were assigned as like assigned reading, it was weird because when Torin was in uh, when my son was in uh, middle school, the the first Hunger Games book was actually like assigned reading for his English class, which is oh interesting. no I'm kidding what yeah yeah I, um, yeah which is weird wow. because it was it, I mean I guess the Hunger Games was more kind of a pop culture kind of book as opposed to like you know literature or whatever. I mean it was it was, it was a good book. I mean I loved it. Um, but yeah, it was weird. I thought it was weird that they would assign that for uh, for school. But um, at any rate, yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I, that's yeah. another one that I thought was you know pretty well done um, as far as like the film adaptation. What do you guys think about the, the thing where they uh, um, like with Harry Potter and with the Hunger Games, where they split the last book in a series into two movies? Um, like I know some people say that oh you're just doing that as a money grab or whatever, but at the same time it's kind of cool if you're a fan of the of the books, you know that the you know the filmmakers are able to kind of stretch out more and include more of the stuff that was in the books. So I don't know. Like I mean, like to me I'm kind of like I'm sort of a purist, so I'm like well I would rather just have one movie per book. But again, like I do appreciate the fact that well I get to see more stuff and. I mean, whether it, is, whether it is a money grab or not, I don't know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's cool. I, I don't know. But would, do you guys have any opinions on that? Or? Um, like, 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 how close to the book was the last two films? Because like, I didn't read the last book. So, like, when they split it up into two films, I mean, how accurate did they stay to the book? Or did they just, like, go off and do their own thing because, hey, we have another movie to film, like a cash grab sort of thing? I, I think they were, because it was, you know, the book was so stuffed with stuff that I, I think they were able to, you know, include more things. Again, like with even like Harry Potter, with, you know, the last book was so many things were happening that by having two movies, you were able to include more of that stuff in, in it. Whereas opposed to, like, um, like, like The Hobbit, which is a, you know, it's, it's one 300 page book and they made a trilogy out of that, which like, okay. I mean, and you know, they ended up putting, you know, I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it, but it's still like, they ended up putting things that were not, you know, not in the book into the, in, into the, because you have like these three films now to fill up, which, um, and again, is cool. I mean, to me, you know, the more content, the better, but I just, I don't know if that wasn't really necessary to have done three movies for, for a single 300 page book. But um, I don't know. I mean, being a nerd to me, the more the better. But I just was wondering if you guys had any thoughts because some people don't like it. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I I can understand that. I, I if if it's necessary to, um, you know, because I I could see that. Like I see what you're saying with the Hobbit. Like maybe not necessary for that, but like some of the Lord of the Rings stuff, I could see that where um, there was just so much going on. Uh, maybe it would have been good to split a movie into two. Uh, 
you know what you're talking about like with Harry Potter um I I don't I don't necessarily see that as uh, a money grab. Uh, I mean, you want to you want to get it right. Uh, there's a lot going on, um, you know, and and uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, when uh, when there was only vinyl, you know, and you're a you're a band and you you write all these songs and it's like, you know, what do you do? Do you do you do because you you have what is it forty four minutes or something like that? Well, how many minutes is it? Thirty eight minutes uh, on a on an album. Mm. Because because I mean on a record, I mean you only have so much time, right? Right. And so, do you just cut a bunch of songs, uh, or do you make two albums? Because you know, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to leave stuff out. You know, like if you have a specific vision for what you're doing you know same thing uh with the movie you know uh if you're trying to do an adaptation of a book um you know is by doing the one movie is it just going to leave too much out because uh, you don't necessarily want to rely on the fact that somebody's going to have read the book you know like you said where, where some people that hadn't read harry potter were having a problem following you don't necessarily want to have a situation where you've left so much out that somebody can't now can't follow. So yeah. is it just better to do split it in half and do two like regular length movies? Uh, because, you know what, you know, you do see some of these where they like make these movies that are three and a half hours long. I can tell you right now, I don't care how good the movie is. If it's three and a half hours long, I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, or if I am, I'm gonna wait until it comes out on streaming. Well, I mean, I'm always gonna wait till it comes out on streaming. But <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's you know, I know I'll I'll pause it when I'm tired of watching it, and then I'll go back to watch the rest. But I'm I'm rarely will I sit around and and watch a a, a movie that's that that long. You know, um, I think you remember back in. Uh, Back in the early days of like Showtime and HBO, when you would have a really long movie, they would do an intermission. No, I I never had HBO or Showtime. Okay, so yeah, they would. Um, so I think I believe Scarface fell into that category. I think it was that long that uh, yeah, I I seem to remember you would you'd get oh so far through it, and then they would give you like a. I don't know, like a ten-minute break or something, and they would just have like they would have like a um, a still shot of uh, a scene in the movie, and they would have music playing with a with a timer countdown. Interesting. Oh, what? Cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, know, you didn't have commercials, and and you couldn't pause, right? Mm-hmm. right. So it's not like Netflix where you could pause it. So I mean, if you had a movie that was over two hours long, I mean. People were getting pissed off because, you know, <laughs> dude, I got, I, you know, I have a fucking life where I have to go to the bathroom and shit, or I <laughs> want to go to the kitchen and get something to eat or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah. So for things that were a certain length, that that's what, what they would do. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, I'm all down with, with uh, splitting something into two. If the purpose is to, um, you know, keep, things coherent uh and consistent and 
you know, I don't, I don't think that splitting a movie into two parts is, is 100% without a doubt, a money grab. I think that there's times when that is what's done and that's what happens. But I think, yeah, I mean, for some of these books, man, they are, you, you, you can't start leaving out certain details because you end up losing the audience mm. and, and you piss off the people that actually have read the book and know what's going on. Right. You know? Yeah, and you don't want to do that either, because then you just get a bunch of uh, uh, bad pub- publicity, you know. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I think that there's times when it's certainly appropriate, without a doubt. Hey, so I want to ask: um, Are there any horror novels that you've read and then seen the movie afterwards? Um, Cujo. And uh, Thinner uh, are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. I want to say It, but I actually never finished It. I only I only read part of it. Part, I really only read part of It. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I only read part of that one. So uh, really the only thing I've seen 100% was the movie. Uh, but yeah, I... I like Thinner. Thinner was one of my favorite um, uh, horror uh, adaptations. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. And the uh, I mean, what really did it was the guy that um, the guy that they picked to you know to play the lead. Uh, he's so fucking weird. Anyway, uh, he was perfect for that for that role. But yeah, I thought Thinner was well, was uh, really well done because, you know, Stephen King of course has a lot of um, movies done for the for the books that he's 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 written, and um, you know it's it's hit or miss. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're really bad. There's no real in between. Um, but uh, I think some of the two of the best adaptations were definitely for me were definitely Cujo and uh, Thinner. Um, I've seen Misery, but I have not read it, so I can't necessarily include that. I've seen a lot more uh, Stephen King movies than read the books. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, but of the books that I have read and then saw the movie, my my uh, favorite was Thinner, without a doubt. Okay, that was really good. Um, that was one of my favorites for sure. I know. I feel like I need to get into a lot more uh, horror. Uh, um, another one that I really liked that was just a good movie in general was uh, Odd Thomas. I believe, if I remember correctly, that was a Dean Koontz novel, oh. and um, the movie itself was just good. Um, I, I used to read a lot of Dean Koontz, and I've seen some of the movies that were done from his books, and uh, they were okay. You know, they were, uh, I think they were definitely, though, the the ones that I saw that I can remember, um, some of them fell into the, you know, the book was better than the movie category, but I thought Odd Thomas was, like, really well done. Mm-hmm. That was that was just a fun movie to watch. I don't know that it was so much scary as it was more of a thriller. 
kind mm. of like it it did have you like kind of on the edge of your seat and it did have a little bit of the like you know kind of scares you kind of thing but it was more of a thriller than a horror um whereas the book was was definitely i i feel was completely horror you know gotcha. but but i really liked the movie you know i i thought that was of all the dean Koontz that i've seen um that was the best so cool. I, I recommend yeah i recommend odd thomas to anybody okay cool cool all right, and uh, it's time for beer, and I think Kyle is drinking the beer this time, right? Yes. Um, so today, I have a, a peach sour. It's called Karina Peach Sour by Ecliptic Brewing. Um, Ecliptic is out of Portland, and uh, they they seem to <laughs> do a lot of their beers. Uh, based around the stars. So uh, this one, uh, Karina, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going straight from the, uh, from the bottle here. Uh, it says Karina takes its name from the constellation Karina, the keel of the ship Argo in the s- southern sky. How about that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, so fancy. pretty epic. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so this is like, I don't know if you guys have you guys had much. Uh, have you drank sour beers before? No, I don't think I have, really. So, they're good. Um, I I mean, I've had not good ones, but this one's really good because it's not overly sour. Um, they use lactobacillus uh, to give it the, the sour flavor. Um, I've, <laughs> I've actually also heard of uh, what was that? I saw one time a show where um, guys actually just got into a vat of beer and uh, the yeast that was on their body uh, actually, or whatever, uh, made sour beer. Oh, God. oh <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> gross. Uh, but, um, well, don't worry. The alcohol like kills any of the bad stuff. Oh, yeah. It's totally sterile, but. Uh, oh, yeah, where did it come from? Idea. <laughs> um, so, um, so uh, this is really good though. It's 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 got a little bit. I it's just got a little bit of peach flavor to it. Um, but the thing about this is, you know, I think you miss sometimes the fruit flavor because, you know, when you think fruit, you're thinking sweet. Um, so you really have to just kind of drop that idea. And, and realize, you know, what you're going to taste is not going to be sweet. You're, you're, you're looking for the sour, right? And, uh, man, it's good. It's so good. It's really light. And uh, with the sour beers, very often um, it's uh, not very um, hoppy. Uh, this only has like 10 IBUs, so it's real low. Um, but, uh, God, the flavor is fantastic. Uh, mm. it's very refreshing and um, yeah I don't know man for a springtime beer this is perfect I love it um, if you guys haven't tried sour beers you, you definitely should at least once uh, it's yeah, good I'm stuff start, I'm going to look out for that it sounds pretty good 
Yeah. No, they're good. They, some sometimes, uh, like we went over to uh, Double Mountain one time, and those guys, man, they make really killer beer. But they had this one. It was called a Creek or a Crick or a Creek, uh, which is also a sour beer. But it was so sour, it was just too much, like for for my palate. Um, it was really sour, and uh, that's saying some because I mean I like to drink vinegar. So I mean, oh wow, <laughs> it was really sour. Um, but uh, this is like really well balanced, and I think somebody who isn't even like really into sour stuff uh, would be able to enjoy this. Um, it's got just enough of the fruit flavor and just a little tart at the end. And uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's well done. And I've had I've had uh, beers from Ecliptic before, and um, I, I can't say I've ever been disappointed. They, they do a really good job. Um, they, uh, I think the first time I ever had their beer, I actually we went to their um, brewery and uh, restaurant in uh, Portland. And uh, it was fantastic, man. The food there was great. The beer was great. I was impressed. So I, I, I give them, uh, without a doubt, uh, a full uh, thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Awesome. All right. Sounds so, good. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's our book to movie adaptations episode. Uh, Dan, since you've said you've read Joel Suzuki, hopefully we can get that turned into a movie someday. <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> and we'll, we we'll split the we'll split the seventh movie into into two parts for that so <laughs> but, uh, just to fit all the animals and stuff in there exactly that, yeah. that's what i want to see all all the cross animals <laughs> um yeah so anyway um thanks for listening everybody we are second player score Check us out uh, wherever there's music spotify um soundcloud we're on all social media um, so check us out there and thanks again and tune in next week please see you later wash your hands you've been listening to the second player speaks podcast with second player score <laughs>